You're listening to Calvary La Habra's podcast. For more information, visit us at calvarylh.com. Thanks for listening. All right, tonight we're doing Acts 2.42. If you guys don't know what that is, is where we come together around tables and we discuss a study or a handful of studies that we've finished up. And this is going to be Acts chapter 20. So um, if you guys... Um, in the back, if you guys could kind of get around tables. We want full tables. The, the, the fuller the tables, the, the, the better it is. And so at the end, we'll break off and do some communion. But um, the, the questions are on the table. So someone grab the questions and start asking. But uh, it's a great night. So um, we'll see you guys in a bit. We're going to meet Jay and myself. We were we're going to address the online audience with these questions. So God bless you guys and uh, enjoy. Like Francel said that we are going to be up here uh, doing our Acts 242. Uh, it's been a little while since we've done this. We've kind of transitioned because of summer because of, and various other things and uh, something that we've done and have done in the past. And just being able to go through and discuss certain studies. Uh, tonight we're going to be in Acts chapter 20. As uh, Lance is actually in Acts chapter 21. Uh, but we are going to be discussing chapter 20. Uh, he hasn't finished chapter 21. We thought we'd go back. Uh, there's a lot of, of very practical things uh, in chapter 20. As it discusses the very first part. Uh, here uh, again we're going to see a number of things of a challenge to us. And that is us. You know, really listening to the Holy Spirit, and there's going to be some uh, number of questions that we're going to be going through. And as it gets towards the end of the chapter, uh, there's some very significant things as it pertains to really what it means to be uh, a shepherd, what it means to be in ministry, and the purpose of the ministry. And there's just so many things that, as Paul addresses uh, these, what was called the Ephesian elders, and he's commissioning them, he's saying goodbye to them, uh, but commissioning them and letting them know that. He is going to be departing, uh, probably won't see them again. Um, and so he is handing off that ministry, but reminding him of a number of things. So there's some very practical things uh, for us to be able to learn as we go through this. And so a very great chapter, a chapter we often turn to uh, because there's so many things that really challenge us through uh, this chapter. And so, um, me, let me address the online audience real quick. Um, on our app and our website, um, where you guys, if you guys are logged into there and, and live stream that, we actually have these same questions. There's a link on our app and our website underneath it that you could you could follow along with these questions. And also, um, if you guys are at home, um, obviously you're listening to us here at home. Uh, feel free to uh, um, do communion with your family if you if you guys are doing it. You know. Get, get the elements, and at the end, we'll, we'll break off. You guys feel free to lead your families in communion. So I just wanted to give you guys those, um, uh, just a couple reminders. All right, well, awesome. We're, we're in Acts chapter 20, so you can turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 20. We're going to be taking this in a couple sections, and all the questions that are on here are actually mainly from Lance's studies. He did a number of studies in Acts chapter 20, and he threw out a lot of questions, as he often does as he's teaching. And we took a lot of those questions and thought, man, those are, there's enough questions there, I think, to really 
uh, for us to be able to discuss and, and that would really challenge us as well as you that are listening as well as those that are in attendance today and, and sitting around tables. And so, uh, Mead, I don't know if you want to go ahead and read the first 12 verses and we'll go back over these right, questions. Let me get a sip of water here first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, after the uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples to himself, embraced them, and departed to go to Macedonia. Now when he had gone over that region and encouraged them with many words, he came to Greece and stayed three months. And when the Jews plotted against him as he was about to sail to Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. And Sopater of Berea accompanied him to Asia. Also, let's see if I get these names right, Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians, if you're thinking about names to name your kids, those are some good ones. Um, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy, and Tychicus, and Trophimus of Asia. Uh, these men go, uh, going ahead waited for us at Troas, but we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days joined them at Troas, where we stayed seven days. Now on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now when he had come up and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man alive, and they were not a little comforted. Awesome. I had him read that because I didn't want to mention all those names. <laughs> um, and so, and sometimes you think that, that we go long when we teach. Uh, Paul, not only people are falling down dead, but he revives them and then he continues to teach. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop him. Um, but a, a good word from Aaron, and if you have a map in the back of your Bible, you can see, um, I don't know if you can see it on the screen or not, but I'm just going to pretend like you can, uh, but in the very back of my Bible, it has uh, Paul's second and, and third missionary journeys, and basically what happens, and we're following him now into, uh, right here is the Mediterranean, and then right up above that is uh, Asia, Asia Minor, and he goes up through there over, around the Aegean Sea, and it comes down uh, to Corinth, comes down through Greece into Corinth, and then he's going back up and coming back uh, to the spot over here that's just... Uh, place we're going to end at Miletus, uh, which is just below uh, Ephesus. And so that's the path that's going, and that's what's covered here uh, in this particular chapter. So uh, names are and places are mentioned really quick there, but it's actually uh, pretty good travel uh, that you see. And so if you wanted to go back into the Bible and make some sense of that, it's his third missionary journey as he's coming through. Uh, so a couple of questions here that Lance had asked. The uh, first one was, he said, uh, disruptions are part of the Christian walk. If your life is unchanging, you should question whether you are serving God the way he would want you to. Uh, does your life have godly disruptions? Excuse me. Does your life have godly disruptions or is it constantly comfortable? I don't know if you want to answer that and respond to that. 
Yeah, and you know, he, he gets this from, from like these first few verses where you could see him, like you know, you could see the the pivots. You know, he was going here, but then something happened, and you got to go here. And um, I, I don't know about you guys, you know, I've I've uh, missed some layovers, <laughs> and it, it wasn't because someone was actually trying to come after my life. And and those things are uncomfortable. It's not fun. You know, we 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 traveled one time and we missed a layover. We had to sleep in in the airport, and you, you actually were really sick. <laughs> Remember that? But um, but that these things are. are are, um, they're not fun, but you know, right here, um, Paul Paul would 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 not be um, backed down by these things. He 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 would continue. You know, I think about Jesus when he he was in in the house, right, and and he's preaching to many people, and they they started breaking open the roof to let someone down. You know, I could imagine being the the homeowner like. What, what are you doing to my roof? Yeah. Like, are you like, you, you know? But but Jesus didn't even blink; he continued to to minister, and he saw that disruption, that interruption, as as an opportunity to minister. And and I, I believe, it, you know, now coming on his third missionary journey, Paul would look at these things and believe, like you said, it, it was the Holy Spirit directing him, and and these disruptions. You know, we have to look at it that way. And when when um, we're disrupted in our lives, you know, um, do we look at it as 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 God ordained and, and God's sovereign, and God would want us to um, be attentive to what would possibly come our way? And uh, I know I'm not always that way. You know, I know I remember um, you know being upset when we had to you know be laid over overnight. You know, at in in the airport in Mexico City, and it was like, you know, I wasn't thinking, you know. Um, I was stuck in uh, in Florida on our way to the Bahamas, and then we got stuck in the Bahamas, and uh, the, uh, we were flying Bahamas Air, and they told us that uh, the slogan is, uh, book Bahamas Air if you have time to spare. <laughs> we, had, we had two days to spare, apparently, so. Uh, yeah, those are those are bummers. Just having to sleep on the ground, and yeah, yeah it's very uncomfortable. But you know, all, all those things were, were coming from emissions, you know, um, that you you were doing and, and we were doing together. And um, you know, if if we look at uh, what God did, you know, the, the, those are things. You know, I don't remember those things other than than looking at the, the scripture. I, I really remember what God had done in those trips. And I think that that's what's fueling Paul, knowing like, hey, when, when we get to these cities, God's going to be working. And even even in the process, I believe God was working, you know, and um, and he does. And but but to have that mindset um, that, that, you know, these disruptions are from the Lord, I think it helps with with having an open door to whoever and whatever comes your way to share the Lord. Yeah, those disruptions you know, obviously are not comfortable, and I know that there's times and we get called to go do something, especially if we're not familiar. You know, even here in the ministry, even though a number of us have, have been involved in ministry for a long time, there's still certain things that aren't the most comfortable for us, uh, especially going to a hospital room or something like that, and and you never know what you're going to walk into, and a lot of times those calls come when 
you're walking out the door, you're in the middle of something else, and, or you're even at home. And, and so that could be very disruptive in thinking uh, about, oh man, maybe somebody else can get it, or do we have to go now? Or, and, and they could be those, those, those types of responses. And, and so, but like you mentioned, it's, it's usually a blessing uh, when you go and God's able to do, you just trust God through those situations and, and he's able to work. Now on the negative side of this, um, what Lance had mentioned is that disruptions are a part of the Christian walk and analyzing ourselves, he had mentioned if there aren't disruptions, he says, he asked that question, are you serving, the, the, or serving God the way you want to? And maybe you could speak to that and, and what's Lance getting at and what is that? What does that mean uh, to people that are listening? Well, Lance, you know, shared that uh, anyone who's an active servant, um, which should be all of us, anyone born again, um, has been enlisted in God's service, and and so anyone that's actively serving the Lord, there 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 is going to be disruptions. Um, there's going to be a target, so to speak, on our back. Um, the, 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 the ones that um, the enemy is not so concerned with, I think, are the ones that are just, you know, um, we, sometimes we call them pew sitters. You know, they just sit in the pews, they sit in the chairs, and, and there's not really much going on other than maybe the Sunday morning, Wednesday night attender, um, and they're not actively serving. Um, I, I think of uh, <laughs> the demons that said, oh, Paul, I know, <laughs> Jesus, I know, but who are you? And so, you know, we, we may not even be on the list, but, but anyone that, that's, that's kingdom-minded, uh, anyone that is um, really committed to the Lord and, and committed to sharing um, His love with others and, and committed to serving, um, they, they are. They're going to have disruptions, um, they're going to have inconveniences, um, uh, you know, we, we, we should expect, um, you know, after, uh, you know, a great week uh, of ministry or a great Sunday or a great Easter Sunday or Christmas season, um, you know, I was even thinking back to this past Sunday, um, and, you know, we we did some things that were close to the Lord's heart. We, we we worshiped him, we opened his word, we broke bread, we, we remembered his sacrifice through communion, and um, I just remember the Lord's presence um, just so tangible in this room, and I just felt like his favor upon us. And I just remember thinking, you know, Lord, um, these, are, these are things that are, that are close, that you, you're, you're approving of, you're blessing, but, but, but the enemy's not happy. <laughs> The enemy's not happy, yeah. and and he's just looking. He's looking for any crack and any 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 way to disrupt, to inconvenience, to get our eyes off of him. Um, and so, you know, if that's not happening, then we sh- we should probably ask ourselves: Are we are we following the Lord? Are we are we drawn close to him? Are we committed and reading his word and serving him? Yeah, as the inference is that, you know. The enemy's going to leave us alone if he's going to worry about us. But those that are really putting themselves out there, uh, one song that you guys were singing, um, oh, uh, that was that, bring it up. that second to the last song, Make Room Make for room. You. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
And so you're talking about that and just really Solomon's mentioning like putting yourself out there, making yourself mm -hmm. available. And if we're not doing that, the enemy doesn't have to, to worry about us. But when we do, we know that there's going to be opposition. You know, one of, one of our, uh, our leaders here, we were talking um, a couple Sundays ago, going through this, and he um, he told me he's reading a book, and he and, and this guy in this book um, categorized those type of people as hitchhikers. Oh, yeah. And he said that um, hitchhikers don't pay for gas, <laughs> they get a free ride, and if something happens and they take no responsibility, so you get a flat tire, you get an accident, the hitchhiker just gets off and it, it, and goes about their business. And so, you know, he just he just said that this this author was was like, you know, are you a hitchhiker, you know, or 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 do you have skin in the game, you know, of of this Christian walk? Yeah. And, um, I thought that was a good, yeah. good way to, to, to describe them. You know, I don't want to be a hitchhiker. <laughs> yeah. Now, the second question has to do with uh, Paul. It mentions a number of people that he knew, and, and the point was that Paul is a friend maker. And so there's a couple of questions that came out of there. Are we friendly people? And then give some examples of how we're friendly or how we're convicted to be more of a friend. And so when it comes to friendships, and we're actually reading a book yes. uh, that's, yes. uh, what, the seven friends that everybody, every man should have. Every and, man should have, yes. And so uh, uh, some characteristics that are taking uh, characters of the Bible and, and describing them, and those are the types of characteristics that should be in these friends. But uh, how would you answer these things? Uh, how would you um, respond to this question? Yeah, you know, it, it talks about here, Paul and um, had many friends in, in that book, um, Lance referenced that, and it's a, it's a great chapter. It was chapter four of that book, but uh, this guy gives a definition of the type of friends that we would have, and it would be um, uh, your your friends friends. Certain friends have a view of you. Certain friends have a voice in your life, and certain friends have a vote in your life. And and the, the ones with the view, they, they could kind of see you. From, from from afar, but they they're close enough they could see your life, and the ones that have a voice, they're close enough they could actually even speak into it. But not, you you necessarily um, won't take that advice, but you you could choose. But the person that has a vote in your life is someone that's super close and knows you very intimately. And and um, you know, Lance said that that Paul was that person to other people. He he was he was that person that had a vote in your life to many people. And, um, you know, and I think as guys, you know, if I'm going to be honest, I don't think this is something we do very well. You know, I know that my wife has way more friends that, that I do that, that are close, that, that she speaks into, that I speak into. I do have friends. You guys are my friends. And, and we're, but I, I do not think we, the reason we're going through this book is because we're not the greatest at it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I, and I think here, here it shows it doesn't necessarily have to be so for men. You know, Paul was a great example that had many friends. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it just takes... Um, it, it just takes supernatural ability to, to go out and do this. this. Is what Paul was showing. You know, the women have the natural ability to do this, but us as men, we kind of need the supernatural yeah. when it comes to these areas of our lives. And so, yeah, I mean, am I convicted? Yes, I'm completely convicted that I, you know, yeah. um, you know, I, I've been, um, 
couple of my friends tell me like, man, you have the shortest text answers in the world. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that convicts me. Well, like, he you know. doesn't even respond. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm few in my words and I'm few in my texts. <laughs> but I mean, just that, that, you know, that I would engage more, you know. I am engaged more with my friends and, and um, you know, I am interested in my friends' lives. I am interested in being part of that, but um, I, I, you know, as men, sometimes we think we're burdens, like, ah, I don't want to trouble that guy. I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt him. I don't, you know, um, you know, mm-hmm. but, but it's not true. We, we all desire that. We all desire to have friends and, and that would care for us. Yeah, so, and- and it's needed. I, again, going through that book, and we're learning a lot of uh, good things. And um, and yeah, or I think we've all been convicted. It's talking about those that you know, there are people that are able to, that are so close to you that they're able to confront you, or there are yeah. people that you allow to speak in, into your life, and people that you openly share with. And I know a number of the guys were mentioning, I don't have that, or I don't have this, and you know, or, or I'm not that to somebody. And um, I know, even myself, uh, by nature. I'm. I actually am more reserved, and and I'm not somebody who's outgoing, more introverted. I've, but I know, like I've had to learn. I've had to learn how to be more of an extrovert, and and so it's hasn't been the most comfortable thing. But I can tell you, for myself, it it's just been like a a discipline of me making sure I look people in the eye and not passing anybody and trying to say hi to them and acknowledge them. And smile and just at least give the the eyes <laughs> and say hello. Um, you know, so you're but it's just it's taken me learning those things and really coming um, going beyond myself. And I think when it comes to, to friends, that's what you have to think of is it has to go beyond yourself and you have to think of others and and really work at developing those relationships and again like you mentioned, there are some people uh, like uh, women that are very, very uh, good at it, and there's some of us that aren't as good at uh, yep. that. I think it speaks to the humility of Paul as well. You know, Lance did mention um, Paul's humility. You know, and not only was he, um, you know, an amazing evangelist and pastor and teacher, but you know, Lance and he was also an amazing friend maker. And you know, Paul didn't ha- just have those relationships where he was he was here and everyone serving with him were, they were here you know he he you know Jesus at one point said to his disciples that you, you know you are my friends and you know that that takes humility that takes a vulnerability um, to to open your heart up to open your life up to to, to other men and and to let them in and um, and and you know that communicates hey you <laughs> know I, 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 I'm not above um, struggling, you know, through, through 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 weaknesses and challenges, and you know, I, I need prayer and uh, just as much as anybody. And Paul, Paul, Paul was that, and you know, Lance went on to say that Paul, how Paul saw himself as he was the chief of all sinners and the least of uh, the apostles, and so on and so forth. And so, um, and I believe it was the, 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 these friendships that he made that just made it so, um, so rich. Yeah. 
you know, his, his, his ministry with, with these guys. So, you know, take that as an encouragement to you to, to really analyze yourself and what kind of friends do you have and do you, are you making those relationships? Are those uh, things that are important to you and, and should they be important to you? And, and I can answer in the affirmative, yes, they should be important to all of us, uh, regardless of whether we consider ourselves introverts or extroverts. And that we need those friends. And God puts us in a, in a place where he desires to, to have those friends to be able to complete and fulfill us. And so and really take advantage of that and take that as an encouragement as we see Paul having a number of friends that he served with and was able to, to travel with. Um, you want to read uh, 13 through 27 and we'll yes. get to that next yes. section there. Okay. I... I know there's a couple names in here, and I'm not going to be as uh, <laughs> as uh, adventurous as Mead, but uh, let's let's go at this. Then we went ahead to the ship and sailed to Asos. They're intending to take Paul on board, so for so he had given orders, intending himself to go on foot. And when he met us at Asos, we took him on board and came to uh, Mylene. We sailed from there, and the next day came opposite Chios. And the following day, we arrived at Samos and stayed in, I, I can't even say that word, Trogilium. Okay? The next day, we came to Miletus, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hurrying to be in Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I, was, I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept nothing back that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that, ha that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of, gra of the grace of God. And indeed, now... I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. <clears throat> so we see uh, Paul here, as we mentioned, that he was going to end up in Miletus and he starts to sail around. He gets to Miletus and decides to call the Ephesian elders. It's about uh, 30 miles south of Ephesus there. And he calls them to commission them. And, and you see that first part. He begins to give his testimony. He gives his testimony of who he, what he's done and, and just 
recounts uh, his time there as, as he spent many years in Ephesus. And he goes on to, he's going to go on to talk about a number of things. And so there's a lot of things in here that are really hit home. And I think we really see, see as I mentioned earlier, uh, Paul's heart, but his, the purpose of a minister and a shepherd. Uh, here you see uh, Paul as he's calling them and, and really handing over the keys uh, to them, but it, by way of encouragement. Now, first question that we we had was, uh, we can't change the wind, uh, but we can adjust the sails. And that was a quote from Lance. Uh, are we flexible and available to the Holy Spirit like Paul was? And so, how can either one of you guys want to take that? You consider yourself flexible and available to the Holy Spirit. Well, but what's the, uh, <laughs> blessed are the flexible, for they will be flexible. <laughs> uh, they, they will not be broken. Yeah, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we really experienced this, I believe, during COVID. Um, you know, I, I, I love um, the freshness um, that we experience here. Um, I love Lance, who um, is, is really someone that never settles for um, the same thing over and over. He, he, he loves change. Um, we have a running joke around here that no wall is safe. <laughs> um, we're always looking to um, you know, move forward. You know, the Lord is moving forward. Um, uh, his kingdom is moving forward. And so, um, you know, change is going to come. The Spirit is going to move and lead us. And, um, you know, we, we talked that Paul was, was good, at, good at this, good at being f- flexible because it just wasn't about him. Um, and it was about the calling that, that the Lord placed on his life. And, um, you know, he... he he was he was open. He was open to the to the leading of the Spirit, and I think, um, you know, I, re- I appreciate those people in the body of Christ um, that when something comes up, they're just they're problem solvers. They're just, they just they just okay. What are we going to do? They're not paralyzed by change. They're not paralyzed by an inconvenience. And I think through COVID, boy, we're, we we had to be quick. We had to be quick on our feet and. And just just move. Everything was changing every single day, um, and and so you know it is. It's so good uh, to to understand that um, this is God's church, um, and He does church better than we do, and He know He knows what His church needs, and uh, you know we we see this a lot in ministry. Uh, you know we we, we plan, um, but the Lord. <clears throat> says nope let's we're gonna move over here uh, all the time and if we're if we're not good with that then it really becomes about us um, and it becomes and then there's just starts to become religious and, and we're closed to to the leading of the Holy Spirit yeah and I know that's that's real difficult uh, to just be completely open sometimes and flexible because it seems like the wind starts to blow when you don't want it to. It's kind of like goes back to those disruptions. And 
just being able to, to say, hey, the Lord wants to move in a different way. And I've, I've been around people that you mentioned, Lance. I've been around a number of others that are very good at that and always looking to, to see if there's different changes that we need to make. And, and I've learned from that and hope that I can, I can emulate that. Uh, that I would be flexible. I know that there's, in some areas, become inflexible because sometimes you you can uh, want to guard your own time, and sometimes it's not a, a bad thing in a sense where I, you know, you fight when you go home. Like, well, yeah, sometimes I need. I'm trying to guard my relationship with my wife and my and my kids, and and so sometimes disruptions will come. It's like, okay, when do I? Yeah say yes and when do I say no and so I've had to balance those things uh, out and and this is where you really have to hear from the Holy Spirit and know when it's the Holy Spirit that is that those sails are blowing and be you know where I'm going to be flexible enough to uh, to respond yeah you know I think that quote um you know I, I think it talks about where your focus is you know and you know the, both of the focus is on the wind, right? Like, you know, you, you're, you're either going to focus on the wind to uh, be critical and to be complain about the wind, or you're going to focus on the wind and say, "Where's it going?" <laughs> so I, I can write it, yeah. and so I, I, you know, that that's what we, you know. I think it's it's um, been good here because we, we we have even before COVID, we've always been this. this that's who we were before COVID. COVID just brought it now where we were we were switching our sails on a daily basis, like yeah. you said. But you know, Lance has not let the body grow stagnant. You know, he's you know, even this last Sunday, you know, he 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 didn't he never came on stage. You just like you know, and halfway through his his intro into communion, he he dismissed you the, the worship team and said, hey. Um, he pretty much said, "Hey, the wind's blowing a different way. Um, I'll call you back when, when yep. you know." And but those type of things, and you're like, "Oh man, the Lord!" Like you said, the and and, and how thick we felt the Holy Spirit because of the sensitivity of of you know of Lance, just to say, "This is what yes. I believe," you know, um, we need. And you know, how, how many of us? didn't need to hear where our worth came from this mm. last Sunday. I needed to hear that, you know, and I believe, you know, I believe Lance needed to hear that. He was probably the first one that it downloaded to him, and Lance is like, you know, our pastor like, hey, let's talk about where our worth comes from as we come to the table. And, you know, th- those type of things uh, that we, we could see the benefits of flexibility, you know, and so when we see that, it just builds your faith that like, hey, the wind's going to come again, and, and it's going to be blowing opposite of what we think. But guess what? Like Paul, like Paul said, you know, none of these things move me, yeah. <laughs> right? And nor do I count my life dear to myself. So this next this other question, uh, Paul entrusted others, and I think it kind of goes along with, with just being um, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul entrusted others with ministry because he was so captivated by God's grace in his life that he wanted to see it in others. Godly leaders entrust ministry to others. Do you entrust ministry to others, or do you feel that you're the only one 
uh, who can do it. <clears throat> and you know, I was reading that question and thinking about it's. I have internship, uh, and so we have a number of kids here every summer, and even leading up from October all the way uh, through April, we finally decide who's going to go into summer with us. And uh, right now, currently, we have 14 interns that have been here all summer, and. It's challenging, it's challenging uh, for a lot of things, and and we're trying to we're trying to teach them ministry and trying to work with them and give them that ministerial opportunity, and in all aspects, and it's difficult when you're trying to entrust. It's like giving your kids the keys of the car, and, and you just say, oh my gosh, I've seen how they drive, <laughs> and and so you we. Uh, it, it could be very challenging, but I know for myself, it's, it, you know, it says, are you the only one can do it? I know for certain things, like, I know if I jump in, I can just get it done. And I have to slow myself down a lot of times and like, okay, let them go and let them make mistakes. Let them, as long as they don't kill anyone or themselves. <laughs> so let them make some mistakes because they need to grow through that. And you know, somebody that makes a mistake, that's, that's the best real training uh, for any of us. And, and so it's, but it's a difficult, I, and I get that. And with, within our youth leadership, it's, I've been blessed to, to have a lot of great leaders and that have a lot of great gifts. And that, has, that spoke to me a number of years ago where I, we do a discipleship uh, that we meet twice a month and we have kids come out and we do that. And a number of years ago, I stopped going to some of those and, and I've just backed away, let them, let all the other leaders take over and assign these leaders and assign that. And I go in there and sometimes you know, your first response is to go in and like, oh, to want to correct, but, but quickly know that I, I need to let them, I need to let them grow through that. And it's really been on my heart to have conversations with them to be able to say, hey, you know, let's, let's walk through this and see, think of any ways that we can improve. We just had a meeting this last week and talking about those things and talking about are these things that we're doing effective and how can we change, but what's, what's God showing you? What's God showing you? Okay, let's, let's put it together and, and you guys run with that part and you run with this and you run with that. And so, uh, but it can be very challenging. Yes. Uh, Remember um, a few years back, we we had a uh, special 25-year anniversary service as a church, and we put um, together an amazing video uh, that documented just um, just the history of our church and some of the things that um, God did and and its origin and 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 you know speaking to Lance's heart, um, Lance not not being able to shake that calling. On his life to um, to share the Lord with uh, with these young surfers that were coming to his surf shop and and um, you know it's a calling that just he hasn't been able to, to shake and and um, and through the years we've seen um, the Lord or, or Lance entrust ministry and we, we just looked at 25 years and there's no way that could have happened if if Lance had the, that approach of of you know I, I've got to have my hands on this and hands on this, and he really does trust the Lord with, with people, with, with God and, and his church. And I remember afterwards, um, some of the youth that were uh, in attendance that night 
um, said, man, you know, when that when the next video comes out for the next whatever 10 year, uh, or, or I'm sorry, 35 year anniversary, I, I, I want to be a part of that story. I want to I want to be inserted in that video. I want to have my place in in church history as it relates to Calvary La Habra, and uh, and that that's really our heart. Our heart is that this. We've been talking about the, we're in the second generation of our church, and we want we want to pass these things along to them and and to see them uh, to see them get it, see them serve the Lord and, and walk with the Lord. You know, um, we've always done this very well, you know. But um, during COVID, everything was brought as we we said in house. We brought everything in house, and um, there wasn't a lot of. Uh, extra ministry happening other than our our Sundays and Wednesdays and in our porch ministry, our little outreaches we were doing. And so um, you come out of that now and we, we almost, we, we've fallen into um, a little bit that things are in-house. And now we're coming to the place where like, man, we have so much going on again. And thank God now that we've like, hey, 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 let's go back and start delegating again you know and and the other challenge has been with that is that we're we're not delegating to the same people before covid (laughs) we're delegating to brand new people Mm -hmm. and and um in to to your to your um what you said you know what you said about you know it's their teaching moments and you know and some of these people they've been doing ministry even longer than we have and so maybe the teaching moments for us You know, and also to learn how we do ministry together. And I think that's, um, you know, that's been stretching, but it's been a blessing to see as we delegate some of these things um, to other people and how, how the Lord has worked through their lives. Yeah. And um, that, that's been a real blessing. And, and, you know, that's our role, really, to make disciples. And how do you make disciples? Is you, you have to entrust people uh, with things. And yeah, the the easiest thing in our minds is to do it ourselves. But the best thing is to incorporate others and to really, yes. um, really look for others to to handle that burden and, and those loads. And so, absolutely. Um, there's four principles here, and uh, I'll read the four principles that Lance mentioned, and maybe we can each take one of them before we uh, kind of close off before we uh, do communion. And so the first principle that was mentioned was Paul's unshakable commitment to God and God's people. The second one was commitment to sharing God's word. The third one was his calling uh, transcends self, meaning uh, commitment to Christ that's, that superseded self-interest, um, his own self-interest. And number four was he was faithful to his calling in a way that left him with a sense of well-being and clear conscience within him. So maybe what's one of those principles that sticks out to you? Um. You know, I, I like the fourth one, right? When we do it correctly. Um, you know, I think about Peter. Um, I believe it's in Acts chapter 12 uh, when Peter is in prison. Oh. And... Um, I believe he has every every right to think he's going to be executed the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe James was was previously executed and so he's in prison and and um, the angel had to wake him up. And you, I think about this: like 
you know, that, that he, he has a sense of well-being and a clear conscience. You know, if you're about to die the next day, I don't know that I would be sleeping, <laughs> you yeah. know. But Peter, you know, again, he, he was doing what the Lord had him to do, yeah. and, and he was doing it here, you know, like, like Paul. He was doing it as unto the Lord. And so because of that, Peter was able to sleep. Mm. And again, you know, I don't know that I'd be able to sleep thinking I'm going to be beheaded the next day. But Peter was. He was asleep. And that always is, is a conviction. And even here, you could see, you know, Paul says the same thing. He says, I, I have a clear conscience because I've done what I'm supposed to. I've been faithful to the calling. I've been faithful to what God has asked me to do. And, um, you know, that I, I think that that's a good point. I, I, I like, hey, hey, on a daily basis, am I faithful to what God's called me to do? Which one did you, what um, to you? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Lance had mentioned Paul never forgetting his Damascus Road encounter with the Lord. And, you know, when we talk about Paul's unshakable commitment to God and God's people and even his commitment to Christ that superseded um, self-interest, mm -hmm. you know, these were patterns in his life and, um, you know, went back to that conversion experience and um, God calling him out of Judaism, out of relig religiosity and, and how Ananias had come and said, look, this is what you're going to do. This is your calling. You're, you're going to um, take the good news of Jesus and you're, you're going to share it with the known world. You're going to share it with the Gentiles. And, and Paul could never shake it. And I think it's just, it's so important to hear God's voice. It's so important to hear him. And what has he called us to do? Um, and, and we know, you know, some of us that have been walking with the Lord for a number of years now, who have heard God speak to us clearly through His Word, and um, just just those—I don't know if you call them milestones—but you know, he, God speaks, and, and it's like you put a stake in the ground, and 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 um, you know, you always go back to it. You always, when when difficulties come, when challenges come in ministry, in life, you always just go back to that stake in the ground. This is what God spoke to me. Uh, you know, we do that with marriage. You know, we, you know. We say our vows on our wedding day, and we always go back to that. You know, when, when, when marriage gets difficult or challenging, you know, and in ministry, and and um, and so you know, Lance did mention that. Like, it's so important to to understand our calling and, and what we're called to, and and to go back to that. And and um, and and we know that that anything else, you guys. I was think I was thinking about this. You know, I've been I've been at this church for almost thirty years. I'm. I'm 35. No, I'm just kidding. I'm 48, about to be 49. I've had more life in church than I have had out of church. And so it would just be weird yeah. to not come here on a Sunday morning, yeah. you know, where, where as a non-believer, it would be weird to, like, go to church on a Sunday. It would just be weird for us. Um, but, you know, it, doing, doing other than what we've been called to do, it just be weird. It would be strange and and because God has touched us in such a way um, where we, we can't imagine doing anything else but but 
being committed to him and being committed to his people. Well, the one that sticks out to me is number two, and that was the commitment to sharing God's uh, word. <clears throat> I, I think for myself, uh, that's what really drew me in uh, to, to the Lord. As I heard the word of God taught in a very practical way, I came from a Catholic school, Catholic background, and throughout those 12 years of Catholic school, never opened a Bible. I can remember if I did, it was... It just probably fell on the floor and I picked it up. <laughs> so, um, but it never really going through. And, and remember hearing the Word of God, and it was just so practical. And I love how uh, Paul mentions here, uh, he says that uh, he's calling to testify how he's always lived among them in verse 18. And then he says in verse 20, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. And he went around, and that was his testimony. He taught there for years and had a school, and he did a number of things uh, teaching the, the people. And he even mentions going house, house to house and doing these things. And then he says in verse 27, this is really what Calvary Chapel has been predicated on. And, it's, and he says this, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. And this was one of the things that spoke to Chuck Smith when Calvary Chapel started. And, and what the point that's being made here is teaching from Genesis to Revelation verse by verse and how important that is because so oftentimes you find in, in churches you can have a lot of aberrant teachings. You have a lot of things that creep in. Um, culture starts to, to have an effect on the church and all of a sudden you start to adopt certain things and start to take on things. But when you, when you teach from Genesis to Revelation, you hit... You, you look at the whole Bible as one unit, and you take it within its context. It's very easy to go through and teach on your favorite subjects, but when you teach from Genesis to Revelation, you have to address all those things that are uncomfortable. I don't know how many times, it, it, <laughs> I don't know how it happens, but just in youth, I always end up with the scriptures that speak about circumcision. And so I'm always, always having to address that. And, and so, but, you know, those things are comfortable to, to teach to uh, young people. But, but it's in there and having to address those things. And there, but there's certain things that can be very difficult uh, for any of us and challenging. But I need to treat the Word of God as one unit. And it's the full counsel of God. And so when, when Paul's speaking here, man, I haven't shunned to give you all of the things. And, and this time, at this point, it would be from in the Old Testament. Uh, but he didn't neglect those things. And so Chuck Smith took those things, and, and that's what really made Calvary Chapel Calvary Chapel. And this is where we have seen just in our own experiences, and not uh, uh, say anything bad about any other churches, but we have been a, a Bible-teaching church, and it's of value. And I, I've seen just in the years of ministry that I've been involved in how, what healthy sheep look like when they're taught when they know the Word of God, and it's not they're just coming to church. Like you mentioned, uh, as Kent Hughes was talking about, being that hitchhiker and all that, all that example, it's in what, when people get the Word of God and they can apply it themselves, they get to understand it, they're able to use it and use it for themselves in their daily lives. And you see that, and you see the health of sheep. And that, for me, has been one of the big things, I think, in my own life, and I love uh, t- 
teaching the Word of God, I'd love to be able to share those things because I've seen what it do, it's done in my life and I've been able to see what's done in others. And so some great principles. And so if you didn't catch some of those things, you can go ahead and listen to uh, those studies that were that Lance taught. There was actually another study that he did uh, from verses 28 through all the way through 38. Uh, we didn't cover those because uh, just as Paul likes to talk a lot, <laughs> and, uh, hopefully you didn't kill over in your own home and as you were listening to us. Um, but uh, if, if, if someone did call the church, Jay will go and, <laughs> and fall, fall, on fall on him and try yep. to revive him. And then keep speaking <laughs> until, yep. until daybreak. Um, and so, uh, but no, we'd love to be up here and be able to share these things and be able to talk with you and talk with each other. And it's so important. And so if you have any questions, anything, we'd love uh, for you guys to, to give us a call, uh, shoot us email, anything, uh, get a hold of us. And we'd love to answer any questions that you may have. But we really encourage you uh, to listen to those studies and uh, we can get you other resources if you are interested in that. Um, but I don't want to close this out. And then I know, um, oh, I know you mentioned about doing communion at home. And, um, yeah. So um, I'll close this out in prayer. But after we're done, if you guys want to do communion at home, feel free. We encourage that. I know I've done that with my family. It's always a blessing to uh, break bread and, and, and just talk about and remember what God's done. But uh, let me pray for you guys. And again, if you guys have any questions, you guys want to accept the Lord or did accept the Lord, um, give us a call um, on, our, on our website. Everything, All of the social medias have our phone number or you can email us at info at calvarylh.org. But uh, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again um, for your word. We thank you that you, Holy Spirit, would enlighten uh, to our pastor um, the, these nuggets that um, teach us about ministry, that teach us about how we should walk, Lord. And we pray that it would be uh, not only challenging to us, but challenging to uh, the hearers online. And uh, even here at the tables, we pray that uh, your word would do what it's supposed to do, Lord. Thank you for this uh, time. Thank you for this night. Thank you for everyone uh, being here. And we uh, just praise you and thank you, Lord, for the great salvation that we have in your name. So uh, we lift that up to you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.